Sandy Alcantara. He is the best player in baseball right now. No ifs, no buts. Sandy Alcantara, best player in baseball. Danny DeVivo was in the house. We're going to be digging into all the reaction from last night's game. Plus, the pipeline has been updated, baby. We're going to dig into that and where all the Marlins sit on today's Locked On Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins, your daily Marlins podcast with me, of course, Peter Pratt. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. Don't forget to subscribe to the pod. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. It is on YouTube and you can see my face right now and I'm looking better. How bad was I looking on Monday? This is now Wednesday's episode and I am back. Glowing eyes. They're looking kind of whiter than they were anyway. So that's good. And why are they looking white and why am I looking good? Because Sandy's an absolute stud. Oh, my days. The Angels are in town, and Sandy lit them up. He would have gone complete game if it wasn't for that eighth inning. The Marlins got that rally that wasn't a rally. But anyway, I'm not going to dive straight in. Introduce the guest. The Colombian stud is in the house. Marlins Twitter king, Danny DeVivo. Danny, how we doing? I'm good, Pete. I'm really good. Just like you, man. White, right? White, baby. I mean, Sandy. Sandy, that's all we got to say. We've been following for so long since he was brought in from St. Louis. And just wild ride for him. <clears throat> I'm feeling like the Jose Fernandez days. You know, it's, it's it's that type of vibe. It's that type of when he starts, you just know so that something special is going to happen. So with that it. combined with the team winning, that's, that's stunning. what we want. It, it, mate, it's so good, isn't it? I'm telling you, like, you know, for me in the UK last night watching the game, it's a, what, 20 to midnight start. I'm watching that game. Like, I don't care what the next day brings. I am watching a Sandy Alcantara start as deep as I can. I'm not going to lie. I fell asleep in, at the top of the eighth. So I'm just going to call that out now. I did. I fell asleep. Woke up and I had that thanks for watching um, screen on my phone. So I thought I'm not going to look at the result. I don't know. I'll wait until the morning and then watch the end. So, but I was nervous. I felt nervous. How did you feel watching that game? I There was this nervousness there because... You're going up against Trout and Otani. And I, I wanted Sandy to absolutely dominate and perform. And we had Jonathan VR in the lineup. And I thought, oh, no. Is there going to be a revenge game? You know, there's so many kind of storylines wrinkling. But I was feeling nervous. But I must say, I watched that first inning. And there was no nerves after that. I was completely blown away. What about you? When Sandy's pitching, I'm, I'm, I'm not nervous, right? I'm not nervous while he's on the mound. Mm. But my nerves is that our offense is incapable of giving you more than two runs, <laughs> more than three runs. You know, he can never have a start where it's like seven runs. Hey, Sandy, you can you can go rest after seven. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he already threw 107 pitches and now we're praying for him to come out. But we we understand and then are able to put ourselves in, in, in Donnie's, you know, feet. In shoes mm -hmm. because um, he just pitched like 117 pitches six days ago, right? And you, you're scared. Hey, you know, you want to win the game, but we still have months to go. And then if it's all kinds that I gets hurt, seriously hurt, we're screwed. That's oh it. It's over. 
So yeah, I'm nervous. As soon as soon as he's out of the game, that's when I'm nervous. <laughs> I was about to say, how were the nerves feeling when Tanner Scott came in in the ninth? And you know, they got a hit first hitter. Um, you know, we got a pretty hairy there. And after the game, Donnie said, you know, <laughs> I, I think uh, someone asked him anyway how uh, how he's feeling with with Tanner Scott in there. And um, yeah, I think he just said he makes me feel nervous. I mean, he makes me feel nervous. High stuff guy, but can scatter it around a little bit. But I mean, he got it done in the end, but it would have been a catastrophe if Tanner Scott would have blown that game last night, wouldn't it? And you could just see it like, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm a little, yeah, I'm a little pessimistic. I got to say, yeah, when your third hitter is Trout in the inning and mm-hmm. your fourth is Otani and the first guy comes, you know, gets on base. Yeah. Trouble. Yeah, I mean, you, you know it. I'm like, hopefully it's only two runs and we're able to come back in extra innings. You just, you know, it starts to build, but he walked both of them and got the two line outs. Um, <laughs> I'll take it. I don't care. Take it, baby. <laughs> I do not care. <laughs> I'm completely with you. It was uh, like you, the, the way the lineup was going to turn over. That's where you're thinking, okay, you get Sandy in there. Sandy will just roll through nine. He'll roll through one. Um, and then, okay, he's maybe got to make a big out to get Trout. Or maybe they bring in a bullpen arm to help and, you know, have those just attack Trout or Otani, depending, you know, if, if, if one gets on base. But, yeah, for Scott but to come like in. Go, yeah, go through that. Like, imagine Sandy, one of the first two, VR, the other dude, yeah. get on base. Yeah. What do you think he's going to do if, if Mattingly comes out, takes him out before Trout? I know. know, and then Trout lights it up. Yeah, no, <laughs> you're going to bring your lefty to go against Trout instead of Sandy, and he's already at 120 pitches. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's what kind of the manager needs to go through. Yeah. Um, when making the decision. So yeah. um, I'm with you. thank God it worked. For sure. Hey, let me just ask you about Sandy, though, because, you know, I think it's an interesting topic now where, you know, we're not even at the All-Star break. The innings are high. You know, it's – and it's not high stress. Like, Sandy just looks like – he's an absolute machine. But at the same time, do the Marlins need to be a little bit careful with Sandy because it's just so easy to let him keep rolling eight, nine – eight, nine, over and over and over again. They need to be a bit careful because, listen, like you said, if he tweaks something and he's out for a few weeks, a month, six weeks, you know, the Marlins are sunk there, I guess, at that point. So do they need to carefully manage him or is it just purely, listen, Sandy, I feel like a Rolls-Royce, I'm just going to go. And that's the question. Yeah, it's um, so tough. <laughs> you, would, you would, like, pray that he doesn't have to do this every start because, as I said, if, if yeah. he is six runs over, like, they're, the team's winning by six. You can take him out after six or seven, right? Just it's all right. But here it's like, hey, you may lose the game if you take him out. So it's it's having that dilemma. Um, on the other side, Sandy does seem to be built differently. You know, that does seem to be the case. And he hasn't really had any injuries. Like I remember this freak armpit infection because yeah. of shaving or something <laughs> that is i think i mean i may be mistaken but i think that's like the only important injury he's had in his career so yeah apart so, from covid apart from covid exactly that's another random yeah. um dl ril stint so he is built differently so the manager just needs to kind of walk that line but hopefully mm-hmm. the offense answers it for him and yeah. allows him to just 
give him a rest every once in a while. It doesn't have to pitch 110 plus. No. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. He's pitching that length and a necessity because it's one-run games galore. In when Sandy's going, the support isn't there, and it's like, well, we can't take Sandy out. You know, we're we're leading by one. He's at 80 pitches after seven innings. Keep on rolling, Sandy. You know, if he's got a seven-run lead in the, after the seventh, it's like, listen, Sandy, take a blow, big lad. Protect yourself. I know you want the CG, but just sit down, enjoy the win, enjoy the win. And he's, there's been some high-stress wins for Sandy in the last couple of weeks. It's been absolutely insane, no doubt. So a lot of fun. It's been amazing watching him, like you said. And it isn't just Marlins fans. It is U.S. sports. It's beyond U.S. It's worldwide baseball fans now are feeling the same about Sandy like we do. People are there going, this is your Cy Young. This is your NL starting SP. Don't care about Tony G. And his numbers, I don't care. Sandy is better. Because something you could look at easy, look at like a, you know, the, I don't know, the ERA leaders and the wins leaders and go, wow, Tony Gonsolin's done this. People know. Tony Gonsolin is nowhere near to the level of Sandy Alcantara. Come on, what are you talking about? So I'm loving the national attention for Sandy, the recognition he's getting. And the, to be honest with you, Danny, he deserves. He is an absolute Stud, and there is no one like him in the game right now, is there? Is there anyone like him? No, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not even close. No, people want to say that, as you mentioned, it's Gonsolin. How many innings has he pitched? Oh, like 85 or something, yeah, 80. That's, that's a full 43 innings fewer than Sandy Alcantara. Like, how many? 43. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think so. Um, it's like four, four or five games less. Right? Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> at least 40 innings. You know, when Sandy was at 80, 70 innings, he was probably also at 140 ERA. But yeah. for him to get at 120, that's what, five games? Five yeah. games where he can just have a bad outing and that ERA turns to two? So, yeah, don't try to tell me that Gonsolin is, is better than Sandy because of the ERA or because of the wins. He plays for the Dodgers. Of course he's going to have more wins. I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> Absolutely. I know the All-Star game is in is in LA. So, you know, there's an element of our home home starter and whatever, but not a chance in hell. I think Sandy starts that game uh, for the NL. What about you? I think so, because I know that um, Snitker knows him, right? Yeah. Snitker yeah. knows Sandy Alcantara. Like he, and I think he appreciates him. No, I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope, I mean, they can't make that mistake. No, 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 no. I know, they, I mean, there was a bit of bad, bad blood in the playoffs uh, with Sandy and Acuna, obviously, where, uh, you yeah. know, there was, you know, we hit Acuna in a, and listen, I mean, it was the playoffs. He was not trying to intentionally hit Acuna in that spot. I think it was like a runner on base, big, big moment. Um, but I remember post-game, um, there was a question towards Sandy about that and kind of Sandy responded, you know, it's not his first language obviously English and he responded in a way of saying listen if he wants to fight I'm ready to fight you know it was kind of the, the response he gave off the yeah. back of saying Acuna looked like he was you know making an aggressive move to the mound Sandy was like cool I'm ready to roll um so yeah, you know there's a bit of history always, there uh, yeah he, he always looked like he's gonna go to the mound but he never does oh right? absolutely he turns more corners <laughs> than Bladey, I tell you uh, uh Ronnie Acuna no doubt <laughs> in terms of going to the mound he's never gonna do that so um there's a couple of guys I want to talk to you about from the offensive side, but it's our first ad with the U.S. Uh, U- U.S. ad with the British twist rolling up now. So I'll let you pause on that for a sec. And also, we've got the pipeline to dive into. But uh, guys, this episode 
Delighted to mention it is brought to you by our friends over at Blue Nile. BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece. All of the prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. So if you're ready to pop the question or celebrating that moment, find jewelry as unique as her with modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. So are you thinking about that? Are you thinking about the question? Are you thinking about doing it at Lone Depot? Imagine that. Blue Nile, they've got you covered. Simple online tools to let you choose the diamond shape, size, bigger is better, clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring, and each ring, it's one of a kind. Bespoke, a bespoke engagement ring. Absolutely sensational. So, if that's what we're thinking about, we need to get ourselves over to bluenile.com and the promo code, this is what you need now, guys, for 50 bucks off, any order over 500 bucks locked on. So bluenile.com, use the promo code locked on, 50 bucks off any purchase of 500 bucks or more. All right. So, Danny, a couple of other bits from last night. Cooper Loop, Cooper Loop bomb. Talk to me about Coop. He is absolutely on fire this year. He's been hitting for average. He's slightly changed his game, it feels like, but last night he got a big one out. And, um, you know, he's just been on fire the last month and a half. Just Coop, healthy Coop. The DH as well made such a positive impact to that man's game, no doubt about it. What about you? He's an animal. I mean, he is so good. <laughs> he is such a great hitter. And we he knew is. it, you know. Yeah. We fans knew from the start, like, if this guy is able to stay healthy, he's our best hitter. And he is. Like, he's toned down the power a bit, but he's still going to end up with 15-plus um, if if he stays healthy again. But uh, the OBP, just the, 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 the awareness uh, as a hitter, um, like, he knows when a ball is, like, you always see his face. He knows exactly if a, if a ball is, is, is a ball instead of a strike and yeah he can see the face he's like you know that's when you know how, how, how good hitters are like there are other people that are like no let's start fighting when it's clearly a strike with cooper like he knows like he, best hitter on the team and i like i'll fight anyone on that yeah then well the numbers don't lie i mean coop has been clearly the best hitter in in the marlins lineup this year apart from nick fortez but i mean the sample size is small so um you know but i'm with you on coop he's been um, sensational. And then Brian De La Cruz. Um, it was Brian De La Cruz last night again, wasn't it? Or am I, yeah, am I DLC confused? hit a bomb. You know, like, yeah, another DLC bomb. bomb. Yeah. I, I was starting to think it was, it was 2 a.m. when that happened. So, um, But again, Brian De La Cruz, back-to-back days with big bombs for De La Cruz. Both of them massive bombs. Great to see De La Cruz. You know, he had full playing time when the injuries kicked in. He did kind of scuttle, it felt like. Now he's gone back to this kind of more benchy role. Next thing is, he's actually back delivering. So great to see for De La Cruz. A good asset for the Marlins, too. I think a really nice fourth outfielder, De La Cruz. Absolutely, man. He can field, and when he's hitting, he's a really good hitter. Um, and, yeah, as you said, he's, he's just a solid number four. So good to see him get hot. Uh, absolutely. And just combined with the different moments that our, that our hitters are having, um, it's a good problem to have every single day as long as i don't see williams and hamilton in there you know we know it's going to be a good day 
Yeah, for sure, mate. Um, it's funny, you know, the way the roster's kind of been constructed. Obviously, Avicel got tossed last night for arguing with the umpire, rightly so, because the umpire had an absolute stinker. It was one of the worst umpiring performances I think I've ever seen. Avicel was tossed. Donny kind of came out. A, a token gesture. I don't know what about Donny with his, with his umpiring thing. I think he just goes, I can't affect it, so I won't bother getting tossed. I don't know. Avicel had already gone. Next thing is Luke Williams in the cleanup spot there. I mean... Not good. It was either Luke Williams or Billy Hamilton hitting cleanup in a one-run game against the Angels. I mean, it's been an interesting construction of this roster. I was really shocked, actually, that they went with Billy, Billy Hamilton um, the other day when uh, uh, when Soler hit the hit the IL. That was a really interesting and surprising move. I was expecting at least Heyrar, if not, you know, going, hey, let's get Bladey up and see what he can do. But Billy Hamilton's up. I mean, what was your take on that one? No, don't get me started. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's my just a, a big thing for me. It's it's you know what are we doing? It's, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Um, it really doesn't. You know, as soon as I saw like yeah, Billy Hamilton signed a minor league deal, I was like, oh, here we go. You know, yeah. here we go. Like you just know that even though he's starting in AAA, next thing that happens is going to be him. And, and it was, you know, they're, they're kind of afraid of bringing up the top prospect in case they don't work and then they're down uh, flexibility on the roster. But, I mean, you did the rebuild. Now trust your prospects. You know, as a prospect guy myself, mm-hmm. that's what I need to fight for, right? It's it's trust the prospects. Trust the process. You know, it's time. Let them come up. There's been several days where Williams or Hamilton have started or, Here's an injection where they had to use one of those two yep. that should be used for this team's future. You know, and the guys you mentioned are the future. Yeah. So absolutely, I'm with you. The roster construction has been, um, let's, let's just call it interesting. It has been interesting, brother. No doubt it felt at times like 2021 when you had these, you know, they kept on just over and over and over again, adding these guys that they were willing to DFA. That's what it boils down to. They're happy to DFA these dudes because they don't care. You know, the Astadios, et cetera, you know, the Devin Moreros from back in the day, Eric Gonzalez this year, all the same kind of dudes. I just don't understand. Soler goes down. You've got a ready-made replacement in Heyra and Canacion, who's already been up and hit a salami, sitting there in AAA. And you bring up Billy Hamilton. What the hell? You know the drill. They've got no off days. They've got B.A. and Wendell coming back from injuries that they're going to nurse into it. There's going to be tons of playing time and at-bats for everyone. Billy Hamilton's up. Listen, he's doing stuff on the bases. I don't want to drag this podcast down. The Marlins are on a hot streak, and I do not want to drag this podcast down. So we will end it there. I'm going to read the final ad, and then we're going to get into this pipeline update, mate, because that is the meat and potatoes of this show, no doubt about it. And there are some spicy stuff in this this update. So, final ad of the day, guys, and it is our good, good friends over at Bet Online. BetOnline.net, it's your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. And it's your continued source for sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. So, and they've got everything in there. Every sport you can think of, and includes MMA, boxing, and golf, and probably tennis. Wimbledon's absolutely on fire at the moment. So what do you need to do? Get yourself over to the website. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. Danny, where are we going to start on this pipeline update, mate? I know where I want to start. When, when we were thinking about an episode for today, 
I was thinking about one man and one man only, the number one prospect now for the Marlins per um, uh, the, the pipeline update, Uri Perez, brother. He, he is absolutely sensational. Is there anything more we can say about Uri Perez? Should he be the number one prospect for the Marlins? Though? Is he the number one prospect in your opinion? Oh, absolutely. I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. 17th. Yeah, it's too low. Too low. Too low. Too it, low. Is. it is. I mean, I mean, they have Espino in front of them. And Espino is amazing. The Guardians prospect. Yeah. Everybody's better. I'm sorry. You know? Oh, baby. I have to say, he is better. He's, he's the best young pitcher. Um, best young prospect in baseball. So I'm, I'm removing... Um, Grayson Rodriguez, who's kind of on the older side of prospects, Baz, yeah. like that group, fine. But from the younger kids, the Harrisons, the Espinos, the lighter, it's him. He should be up there. Um, and he's going to keep he's going to keep going up. Man. I mean, what's the what's the progression plan looking like for Uri Perez now? I mean, he's he's only 19. He's in he's been in double A. You know, most of the year, the um, year yeah, you know, what's how are the Marlins going to play with him? You know, are they just going to go sod it? He's just too good. He's going to crack the major. You know, you know, if things go wonky, let's say a couple of guys go down. Is there a chance Uri Perez could be pitching this year? No, no, no chance. <laughs> <laughs> just a no chance. Man. But 19. No, they're going to they're absolutely going to protect the kid. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming he has. Yeah, he's like at 60 innings. I'm assuming he's, he already has some sort of max um, yeah, yeah. amount of innings. He, it's 75 last year. This year, you got to think it's going to be 100, 110. Yeah. And he'll probably stick at double A. Maybe they surprise and send him to triple A for the last three games, four games or something. Yep. Um, but I think they did the same with Max last year, didn't they? They kind of like gave him a little did. taste right at the end. Right at the end. Uh, and they did that with him as well with high A. You know, mm-hmm. he pitched at low A most of the year and they gave him like 20 innings or something at high A. Yeah. That may be what they do with him. But that's what I think will happen this year. And if all goes well, no injuries. Knock on wood, um, they'll just let him go. They'll let him go next year. Maybe start in Triple A, and then he's right there, ready. Um, oh my days! Depth. Yeah, I, I, it has to be a twenty twenty three years, as long as he's healthy. Has that's he, what I'm saying. Yeah. Do you know? Does he have to be added to the forty man? He's not. He's not a forty. He's not a Rule Five no. eligible guy, is he? No, 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 no. No, so. no. he was signed in twenty eighteen. I think there's okay. one more year. One yeah, more. So they one got five year. of them. They on that so. Okay. Yeah, but that, I mean, you want to touch on that. It is a long list for Rule 5 guys. So they're going to have to get rid, trade of either them or yeah. guys that are blocking him on the forum, blocking them. Yeah. <clears throat> no doubt. At some point later in the year, me and you are going to have a full Rule 5 session where we'll come together and we're going to review who's eligible, who should be gone from the 40, man. We're going to try and piece it together. And some Absolutely. of them may need to be moved by trades, mate. You know, there's just too many guys knocking around. This is the problem when you've been in a rebuild for five years and you've done it pretty well in terms of acquiring talent at the minor league level. You're going to have a bottleneck. And we're about to have a bottleneck at the end of this year like you've never seen. And so the Marlins are going to have to be busy and they're going to have to be cute with what they do. Um, you know, all of this, all of these Devin Moreros and Eric Gonzalez's, they are a thing of the past after this year. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll do a, we'll, we'll do that show in November. So let's give it two weeks after the Marlins won the World Series. So there we go. Things can die down. Yeah, right? Things can Let die the hangover down. hangover cure. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely, brother. Um, okay. Uri Perez. By the I, way, Eury, before yeah. finishing with Eury, 
Futures game. That was um, confirmed 100%. He, he will represent Miami. I don't know if there's going to be another one. That's, that's not confirmed, but 100% confirmed. Eddie Pettis will be at the Futures game Love right it. there with Sandy. I'm about to say, mate, I mean, what a combo. I mean, the league will be looking around going, oh, my days, the Marlins. Look what they can do. Sandy here for the at the big league level and Uri at the Futures game. Oh, my yeah. days. They're shaking in their boots. I mean, but they can't have developed some some uh, some pitching, no doubt. Um, let's flick. I, I, let's flick to the hitting then, because that's a really interesting one in the pipeline update. In my opinion, Khalil Watson. He's been in the news this week in advance of today's um, pipeline update, um, and it was for negative reasons. Where he he was called. It was a, sw- a swing and strike, and yes or no. The umpire said yes. Uh, a pitch later, he was then called out, struck out. Um, and as walking to the bench, Khalil Watson gave it a kind of gun uh, kind of motion with it using his bat to the umpire, basically saying, you know, that was a terrible call, perhaps. But nevertheless, Uri, um, Khalil then slides down the pipeline. So he was the number one prospect, I believe, for the Marlins on, on the MLB pipeline. Um, now he's sliding to number 51 and the Marlins number three prospect. So What's been going on with Khalil this year? It felt like he started on fire, and then the strikeouts maybe have come in bunches on that. After that, a few let's call them yellow flags. Let's not call them red flags mm-hmm. yet. But yeah, the, the strikeouts have been rough. The league adjusted to him, and he hasn't been able to adjust back. Yeah, you know it happens. Like we would have hoped that he the adjustment would be quicker. Hopefully, he adjusts. But it hasn't happened, you know, and it's been it's been pretty bad now for more than a month. And the attitude thing is a little bit more worrisome um, yeah. because this isn't a one-time thing. You know, he hasn't played since that happened a week ago. And the yeah. reason for that is because those things keep happening, you know. He does something that he shouldn't, he gets benched. He does something that he shouldn't, he gets benched. So at some point it's like, okay, dude, we... we We've already punished you four times for things like these, and you keep doing it, doing them. So he just needs to kind of tone it down, I think. And then I'm with just you. Concentrate on the game, and calls will go your way sometimes. Sometimes they won't, and because it's um, that one's a little bit more of a red flag. I'm with you, mate. I, I do remember just you know when in and around the kind of signing piece, um, there was some comments knocking around then. I don't know, just the vibe. I didn't like the vibe he was giving off. Listen, an exuberant young dude, clearly a toolsy guy. Um, but nevertheless, you know, you, you just can't be doing them types of things. You know, he, he's been playing a what? High A? Low A? Low A. Low A. But either way, straight into low A ball as like, you know, fr- fresh out of high school. So, you know, they were testing him. He started, he showed the pop. Everything was looking great. Then, like you said, he's maybe feeling the frustration. Maybe that's what it is. And then just to, you know, you just can't do that to the umpire. You just can't be doing those types of things. You just need to grow that's up in his head. It's a learning curve. It's a learning curve for him. Nevertheless, 52nd, it looks like, in the in the pipeline. Does that feel fair in terms of an adjustment downwards for him? It feels fair. Yeah. Um, he was at 25 or something to start the year. And, you know, 40% K rate will scare will scare these platforms you know so yeah. so yeah i think i think that that does look fair yeah for sure fair. 
Okay, sandwiched in between them, um, Max Meyer, the only other um, Marlin on this list. Max Meyer is in there. I don't think Keith Law does this list. He mustn't do. So, uh, Keith. Uh, <laughs> um, but Max is in there. I mean, uh, he obviously had the stint on the IL, a couple of starts in the lead-up to the IL um, stint, um, where he was changing his game effectively because he was feeling some pain. But it's been another brilliant year in the minor leagues for Max Meyer. He looks ready. What's your sense with him right now? Are we going to be seeing him in July? Would that be your gut gut feel on this? Or are the Marlins going to hold off and it's going to be later? It depends on Castano and then Braxton, apparently. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I would have thought that one of those two would be doing really bad by now, especially Castano. Yeah. Um, but fortunately for the Marlins, um, it hasn't been the case. They've been doing no. so well. Braxton, man, I'm so happy with his development. Um, if it's not to stay in our rotation, it's a solid trade piece now, right? For sure. Same for Castano. I mean, he's brought in a cutter. I mean, wow. He also looks better. So I'm not sure if they're going to demote them or any something to the bullpen with that, like if, if, if they're providing results. But I feel like Max is ready. Um, judging by his last start where he just did amazing and they took him out after six innings, 61 pitches, yeah. maybe the team still thinks that he's recovering um, fine. But if I were to guess, I'd say yes. Before August 1st, I'd yeah. say, yeah. We see him. It, it's funny, me and Sean Barrett were talking about this very topic uh, on Monday's episode. I said the funny thing, you know, it, it's really hard for the Marlins now because those two dudes we just mentioned, both of them are performing well. Braxton Garrish just had a career day. Castano's had two career days against, you know, the Phils and, and someone else, you know, in the mix. His last start wasn't as good, but, you know, he's still doing great. It's hard to make a move. However, you kind of look at it and go, you would take Max Meyer over both those dudes, and you know, any day of the week, like you just would. But, you know, the Marlins have got to try and make some decisions here. At the same time, clearly, you know, you don't want to, yeah, you know, Max is only at 60 pitches, so you, you're assuming they're still building me up a little bit. You know, it'd be his, his debut. There'd be some rocky patches in there anyway. So I think they're right to kind of sit waiting. But July, and just to kind of round things off here with the big league club too, July is just a massive month for the Marlins. It really is. Like for the big leagues, they just have to, they have to continue this momentum and have like an 18 and 10 month. They have to. Otherwise, they're going to be cut adrift. They really are. And it's going to be tough. And the deadline will come and pieces will go. But it's a big, big month. And I wanted to throw everything at it to try and capitalize on this soft schedule and just try and get themselves in a position where they're five games above 500 or something crazy. And we're all like, wow, we, we dared a dream. We dared a dream, baby. So we'll wait no, this, and see what they do. It's going to be huge. Um, this see week. Braxton and Castano do against the Mets. Um, yeah, I know. Tough ask, isn't it? Test I mean, after test. Yeah. It is. If they can get through the Mets series, then it really does kind of soften up nicely then um, for the you know the next couple of series. So intrigued to see what they do with Max. I, I do still think there'll be a point where something will happen. Someone will have a bad start. Someone will have a little injury and Max will be up before August 1st, same as you, mate. So um, we're running really late on time, which is standard for me. Um, <laughs> what I do need to ask you though, mate, is because you are... You're into the prospects deeper than than deep. Um, who are the names? If we're thinking super super sleepers, not for kind of top 100 overall guys, but su- well, they may be in the future. But there's a couple of names that you're kind of thinking about, like Uri Perez types from 2019 that are kind of 
hidden gems no one's even heard of, but Danny DeVivo knows about them. <laughs> Tease out a few of those names for us, mate, so we can mark this in history right now. All right, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to this in two years. Uh, really quickly, though, I, I do need to mention this name, Jose Salas. Oh, yeah. Not a top 100 prospect yet, but he's Should coming. Be. Um, yeah. He's not one of the, the, the two that I'm mentioning now, but keep I mean, he's so close. He has yeah. to be. Yeah. Um, two guys, two pitchers. Let's not say Eudy Perez because Eudy is one of a kind. Let's not put that kind of pressure on these kids. Yeah. But I got two names. One that's, I'd say, a top 50 prospect right now because he's so young and he hasn't pitched anything. That's why he's so low, but he could immediately jump up lists. Um, the maybe Tineo. That's the name. The maybe Tineo. Okay. T-I-N-E-O. <laughs> okay. Give it to All me right. one more time. One more time. The maybe Tineo. Tineo. Okay. T-nail. Okay. I'm working it. on that one. Lefty pitcher, um, six three. Um, very deceptive when he pitches. Fastball is going to be in the high nineties, if not now soon um another slider is nasty yeah slider is nasty uh got from another player on on the marlins organization uh chris sale comp oh just just to give out a name obviously let's 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 calm down we're talking how he looks how he pitches um his stuff in terms of below and what he depends on what type of pitches he depends on chris sale comp so just Keep that name in your minds. That may be okay. lefty. Love it. Still 18. Still 18 pitching at the FCL. Okay. Lovely. And the other kid that, that I had is one that just signed. Um, even, you know, he's lower, you know, 70s maybe because just so young. Uh, Santiago Suarez. Okay. Um, I can say that name easily. Santiago Suarez. Yes. Love it. That one's good. Yeah, Sounds like a footballer. Suarez. <laughs> he sounds like a footballer. It's true. Santi Munez. <laughs> okay. Love. Yeah. There you um, go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, so Santiago Suarez, right-handed pitcher, six-two, still seventeen years old. Again, he just signed. He's he's at the Dominican. Um, but I've heard great things about the kid. Uh, mm. He's already up there in fastballs, already showing results. First few pro starts. Those are the two names. That may be Tineo. And Santiago Suarez, among others, you know, there are, I mean, there are a lot of young kids that just are exciting right now. No doubt about it. Um, there we go. So we've, we've marked that down. 6th of July, 2022, when we get these two guys on your radar and you'll look back in two, three years time and go, wow, do you remember that when Danny DeVivo did it again? It's exactly what he's going to have done on Locked on Marlin. So there we go. We're bang out of time. We're over time, which is standard for us. But anyway, I think it's been very much worthwhile. We've dug into Sandy's start. We've dug into the Marlins win streak. We've dug into these pipeline um, up, updates, I guess, and what it means for the guys in there. Plus, some deep, deep, deep sleeping names. Um, Danny, for those that aren't watching and don't have the graphics to help them, um, they're listening in on the podcast version. Where can they find you on Twitter if they aren't following you? Which... I would find shocking knowing that you were, of course, the Marlins Twitter King version one. <laughs> um, that Twitter account, that's that's pretty much it. It's at Daniel DeVivo, um, D-E-V-I-V-O, that last name. Super easy. There you go. Love it. All right, guys, um, that is us done for Wednesday's edition of Locked on Marlins. Thank you for making Locked on Marlins your first listen of the day. It's Peter Pratt, Daniel DeVivo, signing out for today. 
And also, if you're thinking about your second listen of the day, then why not try Locked On MLB Prospects? It's hosted by Lindsey Crosby, and he is a prospect encyclopedia. Big, big, big back in there. And he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. So we're back tomorrow, and we're going to be previewing a four-game series against the Mets, which, in my opinion, for the Marlins, is must, must win. Big game tonight. We didn't even talk about tonight's game. Otani on the mound against Trevor Rogers. Stunning matchup. The Marlins need to win this one, too. And then a four-game series against the Mets. That's Peter Pratt, Daniel DeVivo, Locked on Marlins. I'm back tomorrow.